Welcome to the Gospel for Life. We have four Treasure Valley pastors committed to showing that the gospel is not just for that religious part of your life, but rather it's for all of life. You never graduate from the gospel. I'm Josh Bales, pastor of the Well Church, here with Russell Herman, pastor at Cloverdale United Reformed Church, Phil Moran, pastor at Christ Presbyterian Church, and Jonathan Van Hoogen, pastor at Spring United Reformed Church. Now, if you'd like to find out more about us or catch past broadcasts or get information about our annual conference, you can find us at ReformationVoice.com. All right, welcome to the Gospel for Life today. We are, we have been talking about the Psalms the last two days. And the great thing about this book, as, we, as we've been saying, is that it's not only the prayer book of the Bible, it's, it's also the hymn book of the Bible. And it's, it's that book where you can find every single um, affection of the human soul. So if you are uh, happy and celebratory, you can find affections that would help vent your heart for that in, in the Psalms, specifically Psalm you know, 149 and 150. If, you're, uh, if you feel abandoned and forsaken by God or, or you feel like he's deserted you, you, you can find Psalms, Psalm 13, how long, O oh Lord, must I uh, take counsel in my own soul? Or Psalm 42, when uh, the psalmist uh, is in essentially in despair, and he's like, oh, oh, you know, my soul, why are you so downcast within me? Um, or, or if you're if you're in a season where you're looking at the evil in this world and you're you're angry at uh, the fact that God's name is being so. Um, trod through the mud, then you can turn to Psalm 89, I think, where there, it's a psalm of uh, a, an imprecatory psalm. I mean, the psalm book has every single affection um, under heaven in it. And that's kind of what we've been talking about the last few days. And we, we've talked about Psalm 1 and Psalm 2. Brothers, where are we going today? Because uh, I don't know if we actually decided before we came <laughs> on the air. <laughs> well, 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 I voted for Psalm 22. and. Uh, so I'm going to take us there. You guys are going whether you want to or not. Um, but no, authoritarian. Yes. <laughs> well, one of the things that's going on in the Psalms, as we as we've said, they're the prayer book of the Bible. They are the hymn book of the Bible, and they teach us to pray, and they teach us to praise. And as you're as you were saying, Josh, they have the whole gamut of human emotions. And so they teach us to pray honestly. And one of the most important um, is Psalm 22, because the Psalms are also uh, one, one of the things that you begin to see as you uh, really spend time in the Psalms. Uh, the Psalms are, are rich uh, in, in prophetic uh, teaching about Christ. In, in fact, I would say as, as Christians, you, as a Christian, you cannot understand the Psalms apart from Christ. Um, and we've, we've talked about you know, different ways that's true, but uh, Jesus was obviously steeped in the Psalms. And uh, a number of Psalms are very explicitly prophetic uh, about Christ and his ministry. Um, and I'm gonna, I want to look at Psalm 22. 
And the very first line is one of the most well-known things that Jesus said. And some people don't know that this is the source. Uh, remember that on the cross, um, as he was uh, being crucified, Jesus cried out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? It's often called, called the cry of dereliction. Jesus expressing uh, this heartbreaking sense of abandonment, and not just a sense of abandonment, that, that he is abandoned uh, to, the, to this suffering by his father. And as is often pointed out, the great, the great suffering of the cross, because people will point out, well, other people have suffered more physically. And that's true. Um, and people will leave, skeptics will even point out, well, this was only a very short time. And, and many people have suffered longer than that. How can you say that this suffering of Christ is so great? The suffering of Christ is the abandonment, the, the, the break in the relationship with his father which is a mystery, the, the depth, depths of which we cannot plumb. But Jesus expressed it by going to the Psalms. And that tells me something about him, how his heart was shaped, that even on the cross, even in that moment of agony, where did his heart go? His heart went to the Psalms. Mm. And Psalm 22 begins, my God, my God. God, why have you forsaken me? Why are, why are you so far from saving me from the words of my groaning? Oh, my God, I cry by day, but you do not answer. And by night, but I find no rest. Um, and you don't understand the cry of dereliction. You don't understand what Jesus is saying on the cross apart from Psalm 22. I'll let, I've talked long enough. I'll let one of you guys take it from here. So Psalm 22 is really divided up into two halves. The first half is this, this sense of, of abandonment. Um, Phil quoted verse one, why are you so far? Um, that phraseology is a theme that runs in the first half. Verse 11, be not far from me. Verse 19, but you, O Lord, do not be far off. Um, so what we can say is that David, who wrote Psalm 22, is experiencing something that where God is feeling distant from him, that he has this sense of abandonment. Um, but I believe Phil is correct. Um, Jesus Christ, in quoting this psalm, is not just feeling abandoned. He's experiencing the alienation of God because he's experiencing God's justice. Um, and the fullness of that justice. Uh, there are three hours of darkness on the cross. Um, I think this at least in part parallels the three days of darkness um, of, of the ninth plague of in Egypt mm -hmm. before the Passover lamb was sacrificed. There are three days of darkness before this Passover lamb will be sacrifice. There are three hours of darkness in which the judgment of God is being poured out on his son for our sins. And there's a lot of mystery here, like Phil said. Um, Luther would say, God abandoning God, who can understand it? Mm -hmm. So we have to maintain certain truths 
that the eternal fellowship of the Father and the Son was not broken, but in some way there is a, a break. Um, because at that moment he's taking up Jesus Christ was taking upon himself our sins. Yeah. And if you read Psalm 22, um, some have referred to it as the fifth gospel. Because it reads as if they're sitting at the foot of Jesus at the cross. Yeah. And this is why in the gospel accounts, so much of Psalm 22 is quoted or referenced um, in those first 18, um, 19 verses. Well, it's amazing, too, that some of these, the evil, you know, men at the cross, some of the Jewish leaders, uh, they were actually, they were almost saying these things word for word, like verse eight, mm-hmm. uh, they're, they're mocking the Messiah. Verse eight in Psalm 22 says, he trusts in the Lord. Let him deliver him. Let him rescue him for he delights in him. Mm-hmm. Uh, you go down a, f- a few verses in verse 12. Uh, he uses, you know, animal in- imagery. Many bulls encompass me. Strong bulls of Bashan surround me. They open wide their mouths at me like a raving and roaring lion. I mean, how descriptive of that is, you know, the Roman guards and centurions is they're, they're literally, you know, devouring him like an animal. Go down a, a few more verses, talks about uh, the actual, uh, what you, what happens to your body as you're being crucified. I'm being poured out like water. All my bones are out of joint. My heart is like wax. It's melted within my breast. And then the crucifixion itself in verse where does it say he pierced my hands and my feet? 16 or 16. I mean, that was, that's hundreds of years before the crucifixion, you know, crucifixion was even invented. I mean, I know that we're not, you know, talking about the prophetic uh, aspect of this necessarily, but th- this is an amazing Psalm. Yeah. And so you get the sense that the first half is so clearly depicting Jesus Christ's suffering, his spiritual suffering. His physical suffering, um, but there really is a change in the middle of the psalm, starting in verse nineteen. Um, the final cry of Jesus on the cross is, "Father, into your hands I commit my spirit." And then, when it's all done, he says, "It is finished." But there's a point where there is a sense of alienation that turns to hope. Father, into your hands. In verse 19 of Psalm 22, but you, O Lord, do not be far off. O you, my help, come quickly to my aid. Deliver my soul from the sword. It's before his side is pierced that Jesus commits his spirit, um, his soul to God. Um, And I think that's being depicted here. Um, And then in verse 22, I will tell of your name to my brothers. Matthew 28, Jesus Christ um, has been raised. The angel meets the women at the tomb. The angel tells the women to go to the other disciples and tell them what they've been told at the grave, what they've seen. And then Jesus appears to the women and says, go and tell my brothers that I will meet you in, in Galilee. And that verse, verse 22, is also quoted in Hebrews 2. Um, to refer to Jesus Christ and his resurrection. Mm-hmm. And then Phil has some thoughts about the rest of the psalm, I think. Well, I, I, I do think that 
when Jesus quoted the first verse, and we have to, um, when, when Jesus quoted that first verse of Psalm 22, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? He was expressing something uh, that, as we've already talked about, um, and I love your quote uh, from Luther that we, that, that, that you mentioned uh, earlier, Russ, that, uh, that we can't plumb the depths of, of you know, uh, how, how, can, how can God abandon God? But that's the mystery of, of the death of the Son of God on the cross. Um, that, but when Jesus quotes Psalm 22, very, very often, well, I think in, in ancient times, uh, Jews used the first verse of the psalm as a title for the psalm. The title of Psalm 1 would be, Blessed is the Man. The title of Psalm 22 is, oh God, my God, why, why have you forsaken me? So when Jesus quotes the title, he's calling to mind the whole psalm. So while it's a cry of dereliction, it's a cry of, of agony and, and anguish. It's, and, and Jesus is asking, a, a, we can only say Jesus is asking a very honest question. Why have you forsaken me? He's experiencing the wrath of God. He's experiencing the justice of God against for our sin, as you, as you said earlier. But don't forget that Psalm 22 ends with hope. And I believe Jesus is holding on to that. Uh, that that uh, Psalm 22 ends, I'm going to read the last uh, four verses. All the prosperous of the earth eat and worship. Before him shall bow all who go down to the dust. We're speaking of God's anointed king. Before him shall bow all who go down to the dust. Everybody. Even the one who could not keep himself alive. Posterity, and he's talking about, the psalmist is talking about the future. Posterity shall serve him. It shall be told of the Lord to the coming generation. They shall come and proclaim his righteousness to a people yet unborn. That's us, brothers. Amen. That he has. That he has. And, and the closing line, they shall, they shall proclaim his righteousness to a people yet unborn. That he has done it. Amen. He has accomplished our salvation. Well, you've been listening to the Gospel for Life. We hope to see you next time as we continue our trek through the schools.